Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, I didn't come to you with excellency of speech or wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. The one we're singing about right now. There's nothing too hard for Him. Paul said, I've come to promote Him. I've come to talk about Him. I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but with demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but the power of God. <laughs> it's just a simple thought today, but get your eyes off a of man in this human realm and look unto Jesus because nothing is too hard for him. Jesus is still the answer. Would you turn to three or four people and say, Jesus is still the answer? Jesus is still the answer. Jesus is still the answer. Paul wrote in Hebrews, you can be seated. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God or in a place of authority or power. For consider him, everyone say consider him, that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. Amen. I'm praying that somebody today would consider Jesus, amen, as you are facing whatever you're facing because Jesus took on what you're facing today and he already defeated it. He already carried it. He already provided for it. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. I'd like uh, to uh, focus on the fact that Jesus is the author, yes, and he's the finisher, yes, but he's also the God of the and. He's the author and the finisher. That means everything from the time that you've been authored, uh, amen, to the you draw your last breath, he's the God of everything in between that. Today, amen, I want to ask you and invite you to point your focus and attention back to Jesus. Uh, if you've never considered him today, I'm asking you to look to Jesus, uh, amen, because this world has no answers. Uh, this world has no answers, uh, and I have no answers outside of Jesus Christ, uh, amen. Don't come to me with a, a question about, I need some help. I need you to help me. Uh, all I can do is point you to the word, uh, amen. All I can do is point you to Jesus. All I can do is point you to the one that's brought me through. All I've got to say is there is a God who loves you and his name is Jesus and he's touched with the feeling of your infirmities. Amen. There's not a place that you've been or you are that he is not. 
But in all points was tempted like as we. That's what makes him the answer. Amen. There's nothing that he has uh, uh, a, a void for. Amen. He, there's nothing he throws his hands up to. Amen. There's nothing that he, uh, you bring him that he says, well, I don't know if I can help you or not. No, Jesus Christ is the answer. Amen. He's still the answer. He always has been the answer, and he always will be the answer. I'm telling somebody in this house today, you've come to the right place because I'm not trying to impress you with wisdom. I'm not trying to impress you with some kind of uh, uh, message or word today. All I'm here to do is point you to Jesus because if you can get yourself to Jesus, if you can get yourself to an altar, if you can lay your situation out before God, amen, help is on the way. You're complete in him. Paul said in Colossians, don't look to the philosophies of men. Don't look to the teaching of men. Don't look to the traditions of men and not after Christ. He says, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Isaiah prophesied about him coming in the Old Testament and described him, amen, and it says of him, a child is born, and unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this can I submit to you today that he is and always has been wonderful amen he always has been the counselor he always has been the mighty God the everlasting Father, and thank God he's the Prince of Peace. Uh, amen. In a world that has no peace, uh, in a world that is searching for peace, uh, I can point you to where peace is found. Uh, he rules in peace. He is the Prince of Peace. Uh, amen. And his peace passes understanding because he is the source of all peace. Isaiah 53 tells us and describes him in his humanity and his meekness. Uh, amen. It was not a pompous entry. It was not a, uh, a very uh, pompous entry that Jesus came to this world, but he came as a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes. Amen. Lying in a manger in a stall. Amen. He came. Amen. Because uh, he wanted it to be that he would come in humble beginnings uh, because he was the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he was asking people, amen, to know that he is coming to the lowest of the low. There's not a person in the house today that's disqualified because of what you are not. Uh, amen. All of us are qualified because he said I came in the lowest form I could come uh, yet I'm the king of kings and the lord of lords uh, so I don't care where you are in between that spectrum we're all given access to the presence of Jesus Christ he would be rejected of men but full of power he was our burden bearer he is our grief carrier he took on your sorrows. 
He, Jesus, was wounded for your transgressions. He didn't deserve it. We deserved it, but he took it. Amen. He, he was bruised for my iniquity. In other words, he was beaten. He was, he was hit in the face. He was, uh, his beard was plucked. Amen. He was beaten beyond recognition because uh, he took our place. Sin is very ugly. Amen. Sin will leave you broke busted and disgusted and messed up. Uh, amen. On the bottom looking up. Uh, but Jesus went to the bottom intentionally so that we could have hope. Amen. That no matter what we found ourselves in, Jesus was the way out. Bruised for my iniquity, the chastisement of my peace uh, was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. I wish that somebody in the house that's been healed, uh, amen, I'm talking about healed, miraculously healed, uh, or, or healed of a disease or a situation that you didn't have any hope that that thing would ever go away except Jesus. Amen. Stand up, if you will. Stand up if he's healed you. I'm standing already. The Lord, amen. I'm telling you, the stripes are still active today. The blood of Jesus is still active. Uh, if he's ever raised you up from a sickbed, uh, you need to thank Jesus because uh, you look to Jesus uh, and he raised you up. Uh, you look to Jesus and his stripes healed you. Uh, amen. He's the shepherd of lost souls. I wonder if there's anybody in this house. You can be seated. Thank you. If there's anybody in the house that's ever wandered or strayed away from God, amen, and you, you may feel I don't want to be embarrassed, but no need to be embarrassed. Anybody? Anybody ever stand up? Anybody ever walked away, gotten cold, indifferent, but the but the long arm of Jesus kept reaching. He never gave up on you. I wish we would just consider this today, that if you'll look to Jesus, he'll find you. If you'll look to Jesus, he'll hear you. Amen. He, he, he's long-suffering not willing that any should perish and I wish I could help us today that the only way we can find uh, amen somebody to help us is if we look to Jesus and I'm pointing you to Jesus uh, I'm very careful as the pastor how we present this church and how we present help because I don't want to point people to a church. I don't want to point people to a person or a ministry. All these people, this place, this gathering of believers is only possible because of Jesus Christ and his mercy. And if anyone's ever going to find help, it's not because they went to turn point, but it's because they went to turn point and got turned to Jesus and pointed to his purposes. Outside of him, there is no help. Outside of him, there is no healing. Outside of him, there is no putting things back together. It's Jesus Christ and him crucified. You're carrying burdens too heavy today. Isaiah said he's already carried them. And I'll ask you what I asked first service. Why are you carrying what he already carried? 
Why are we carrying things that Jesus said, I've already carried those things? Uh, amen. All we've got to do is cast our cares on him, for he careth for us. Uh, the Amplified says, cast the entirety of your care upon him, for he careth for you. Amen. That means uh, all of it once and for all. We're pretty good at casting it at his feet but saying oh I need to pick that up before I leave because that's my burden that's my trouble that's my situation but Jesus said no you've misunderstood what I said to you cast your care on me for I care for you he said my yoke is easy and my burden is light come unto me all ye that are heavy laden amen I have to believe that in God's eyes uh, he sees his people and he sees this world bent over under the care and the pressure and the weight of life. Amen. And there's just got to be some point in our lives where we come to the realization, I was not meant to try to carry all this pressure. I'm not meant to carry all this weight. I've got to unload it at the feet of Jesus. Stop feeling guilty for bringing your things to God. Grief is a season that we go through when we lose somebody dear to us, but it's not meant to become our identity. Amen. Grief was not meant to become something so great that you can't carry it, that it affects you and it breaks you down. We've all lost dear people to us. And it's natural to miss them and to cry and to remember. But, amen, the Lord says, I am a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And I've already carried your griefs. And I know it's larger than just the loss of a loved one that he's referring to here. It's all of our griefs. But specifically, sometimes we can carry things for a lifetime. And we forever become defined by that loss when God says, wait a minute. Uh, you may have lost somebody, but you haven't lost me. You may have lost a person, but you haven't lost hope. Uh, you... Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost for somebody today. The Lord would remind you, amen, when you have him, you have everything. He's able to get us through. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I'm not supposed to be overcome and become bitter and... Grief is so heavy that you have to unload it before it breaks you down. Sin and a guilty conscience. The Bible says, I've been bruised for that. I, I was crucified. I, I carried your sin. That's why he, you want to know how heavy a guilty conscience is? It killed Jesus. Roman soldiers didn't kill Jesus. He took the sin of the entire world. And sin brings death. 
Jesus willfully submitted himself to your sin and my sin, and it killed him. That's why he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? All that guilt and shame. Maybe there's somebody here today that you've been under some kind of situation where you're just being hounded and broken down with guilt and a guilty conscience. You can't sleep right. You can't act right. You're edgy. You're grumpy. Whatever term you want to put on it because there's something gnawing at you on the inside that gives you no rest. You know the Bible said in Isaiah that the that the uh, those that are in iniquity are like the sea that's churned up. It never clears up. Uh, it's like a dirty water that's constantly being being turned over and that's the way sin is in our life uh, we're never at a moment's rest and peace uh, oh we can do things and put things on on the surface uh, and we can you we can have another drink and not me but some people can have another drink or take another drug uh, can I tell you that Jesus isn't just uh, here to give somebody a fix today but he's here to fix you today amen it's bigger than just a little fix or just another drink or just another pill amen Jesus wants to fix you you so you don't need all the mask and all the pretending because he is the answer and he is the one that can take what's broken and fix it. Don't ask me how he fixes a broken heart, but he does. There's people with no peace. Our world is full of people that have no peace. Looking for solutions. Looking for another entertainer. Looking for another vacation spot. Looking for a better car. Looking for a nicer set of clothes. Looking for the fancier set of shoes, pair of shoes. You're not going to find it. It's not found outside of Christ. That's why Paul said, I've come today not, not preaching with enticing words or offering you some kind of hope outside of Jesus. There is none. I've just come to simply say, if you want peace, if you want relief, look to Jesus. Turn to Depend on Him. He doesn't come and lift it off of us. He won't come and force your eyes to look on Him. But He will send a messenger that says, Hey, look to me. I love you. <laughs> don't have to feel guilty. I willfully took the beatings. I willfully took the piercings. I willfully let them beat that crown of thorns down into my brow so that you could have peace of mind. So that you, you could have clarity of thinking. So that you could think like me. Real peace. Not a prescribed peace. Not a drug. If you're sick today, there's good news. The healer's in the house.
I couldn't heal a flea of a common cold. But Jesus can raise the dead. He straightened people's bones in this assembly. He's caused brain tumors the size of a fist to disappear. Yeah. He's in this house, and I'm pointing you to him. If he can find somebody that believes today, he will show his power to that person. Everything and everyone in the Bible points to Jesus Christ. It either points forward to him or points back to him. But everything points to Jesus. John the Baptist came to point people to Jesus Christ. He said, I'm just here to prepare the way. Don't follow me. Follow the one that's coming after me. I'm sent before him to prepare the way of the Messiah. Amen. I'm not worthy to untie his shoes. But if you'll ever turn to him, he can change your life. We're just like John the Baptist. All we can do is, hey, look to Jesus. There's one coming after me. Amen. I don't have your answer, but he does. Amen. I don't know how to fix stuff, but he does. I don't know how to put them back together, but he does. I don't know how to handle that relationship that's break, breaking apart, but he does. He does. Never, never will you be disappointed or ashamed if you put your trust in Jesus. Jesus is found throughout the entire word of God. The Old Testament contains him. Amen. He starts out as the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Before Adam and Eve were, Jesus Christ was. I said he was. He existed because he is eternal. Yes, he was born, but he is God manifest in flesh. He's called the last Adam, made a quickening spirit. Christ is the tabernacle in the wilderness. He was the ram caught in the thicket. He's the very ram, the the. He is the manifestation of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. He was the ram caught in the thicket, amen, to become Isaac's substitute so he didn't have to die. Amen. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus Christ, amen, will be whatever you need him to be. Amen. You don't have to, amen, question how it's going to work out if you will just trust him and look for him. Abraham looked for him before he ever knew what he was looking for. He said, we're going up to worship, but the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. He was the rock that followed them in the wilderness. They all drank from that spiritual rock, 1 Corinthians 10, 4. There was enough water to flow out of that rock to feed and sustain, amen, three to four million people and livestock every day. It was a type of Christ. He was saying to us, amen, I don't care how great the demand is and I don't care how many come. There will always be enough of me to sustain you. There will, I, I'm not exhaustible. Amen. You'll never exhaust me. I've got enough for your thirsty soul and your 
thirsty soul and your situation that's broken. I am enough because I am Christ that was in the Old Testament producing miraculous water. The typology is that you will not live very long without water. He said, you will not live long without me. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the fourth man in the fiery furnace. I don't know what kind of furnace somebody might be in today, but I submit to you that he didn't show up when they got in. I submit to you that he was there waiting for them when they got thrown in. You know why? Because the fire and the heat killed the soldiers that threw them in. That means they should have died outside of the furnace. But there was something on the inside of the furnace that was greater. And it couldn't touch them. Because Jesus was already on the scene. He's the fourth man in the fire. Can I tell somebody today, he's not waiting until your situation comes along to show up. He's already there. He's just waiting for you to look for him and to reveal himself to you in your situation. Amen. I want to call for musicians to come because I I feel like we're going to pray today and God's going to manifest himself. That's what he said he would do. I'm not preaching, amen, about some Jesus that's going to come next month or next week or next year. There's a Jesus that's in the house, and he is still the answer right now for whatever you need him to become. Whatever situation is demanding him to show up, you just need to call on him and look to him. He's still the answer. I know you might think, well, this is so simple. Oh, no, it's very profound. Because the moment we turn it to Him, amen, He will be an activate, activated on our behalf. And I know we need, amen, miracles, signs, and wonders, but, but really we don't need to seek miracles, signs, and wonders. We need to seek Him. He is the embodiment of miracles, signs, and wonders. Amen. Jesus, wherever he went, he healed the multitudes. He healed the sick. He, he did whatever. He fed the 5,000. He turned water into wine. Amen. Where were the miracles? They were wherever Jesus showed up. And you know what we need to do today is not focus on what we need or the miracle or the situation. We need to focus on Jesus and turning our focus on him and saying, Lord, I'm here to pursue your presence. And when I get into your presence, there's fullness of joy. And when I get into your presence, there's pleasures forevermore it's in you that I find the provision say well I need provision I'm praying for a miracle in my finances well get Jesus in your finances and the miracles will show up get Jesus in your sickness and healing's going to show up Jesus in your relationship and 